Welcome, 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 everybody. We are back. This is the Sigma Show. Just before I get into who's joining me today, uh, let's really quick go over what topics we're going to be um, talking about. First up, uh, some sad news: the passing of Darth Vader actor David Prowse. We'll say a few words about that situation. Uh, topic from last week that we wanted to bring back over is uh, IO Interactive are going to be developing a hit, not a Hitman. They make Hitman. They're going to be developing a James Bond game, which I'm personally very excited about. I'll find out if the other guys are. Um, some information from Sony CEO saying that absolutely everything from the PS5 stock has been sold, which maybe doesn't mean exactly what I think it does. <laughs> uh, also, a big interview from The Verge with Phil Spencer. He goes into detail about how Xbox Game Pass works, which has been a big mystery in the industry for some time now. And he also has some choice words to say about what he called console tribalism, which I definitely want to get into. But joining me today is Blue Bones. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back, Jesse. Rexicon Jesse. Hey. Sorry, I just completely forgot the I rest mean... of that word. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the Jesse part's my actual name. The right. Rexicon, just you know, the handle. It's my it's my family name, the Rexicon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how? Actually, I want to ask you guys first before we get started. Like, how was your Thanksgiving? Like, we just came off a holiday. Thanks for being here, by yeah. the way. How was uh, that sure. break? Um, well, first it wasn't bad, man. It was actually really good. I was um super hyped this year. My fiance and I and a really close friend of ours um, who lives in here. We actually celebrated on Wednesday because uh, my fiance had to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was hearing that a lot in terms of healthcare workers. Yeah, kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. But on the upside, if your Thanksgiving is on Wednesday, you beat all the rush in the supermarkets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a good point. So it was really stress-free um, shopping and we put together a really nice spread um, and we sat down and we watched Kitchen Nightmares. It was, it was a really good time, you know? <laughs> awesome. So um, I was really blessed to do that and then on Thanksgiving Day, you know, everyone is away so I kind of had some time with myself. I got deep into uh, some WoW actually. Uh, really? Yeah. Actually World of Warcraft. I'm, 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 I just picked it right back up. A good friend of mine gifted me a year subscription so I'm like Let's go. Clutch. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we'll hear more about your reintroduction to WoW in the future. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, Jesse, <laughs> how about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was really fun. It was just my partner and I, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be safe. Um, yeah. So we bought stuff earlier in the week that we were going to make all the sides, but our plan for our big meal was we were just going to get a, a butt ton of barbecue. That's not a bad idea at all. <laughs> so good. We got pulled pork, beef brisket, and smoked turkey. There you go. Nice. Awesome. And um, then, oh, go mm -hmm. ahead. I'll say, and then we had like greens, sweet potatoes. Uh, oh, yeah. Those freezer rolls that you never get except during holidays. <laughs> the beast one. <laughs> They're so tasty, though. Oh, wow. That's good. Maybe maybe look into investing into them the rest of the year then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i did i did actually leave my house uh, i went just to my mom's house usually my family packs like 60 70 people in somebody's house so they yeah. they showed some restraint everyone stayed in their own like kind of hub houses like i went to my parents house and my uh three brothers showed up my oldest brother is in texas so he was on the zoom call and that's what everybody did we all just kind of zoomed with each other oh. had like an active call 
uh, like in go. the living room as we, you know, ate in our particular places. So that aspect was good. Uh, there were a couple other things uh, over the over the course of the night. Uh, things kind of devolved oh, <laughs> in, no. in, in like a, a not so great way. But oh no, uh, yeah, I won't get into that. We'll we'll move on <laughs> into the actual <laughs> into the actual topics for the day. So first up, yeah. uh, very sad news. Um, actor David Prose. Uh, best known for playing Darth Vader. He was the guy in the suit. Passed away earlier today, it seemed. Uh, he was 85 years old. And he's kind of a legend in that he was Darth Vader in the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, Blue, I know you actually just heard this, <laughs> like, when I added it to the the run of show this so, morning. So, like, how did yeah. that make you feel as, like, a huge Star Wars fan? I'm not going to lie. I'm still... I'm still thinking about it. I'm still experiencing it. Um, just like Sigma said, I just found out right before um, we went out live. Um, Darth Vader, for me, just right off the bat, was probably the first villain that I sympathized with. Um, and I learned... I was really interested in the villain's backstory and and saw the dark turn. It, I, it felt like Anakin's story was so impactful to me afterwards and just seeing how people can change and the redemption and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, that those classic images of Darth Vader um, stuck out, stuck out to me. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I could say about that. There's, you know, the whole father-son relationships and all that kind of stuff. And um, but that that looming figure is iconic, not just in my memory. I know in, in many other people's memories too. So um, I'm praying for the family. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they find peace and um, his spirit finds peace too. <clears throat> yeah. Right, Jesse. I know you're not the biggest Star Wars fan yourself but um hearing that the you know the original actor you know passed away like what well, like does that give you any feelings any any desire to like maybe go back and revisit star wars like maybe kind of just to pay homage in that way uh i don't feel like my opinions on it would uh pay homage so i won't do that <laughs> gotcha but yeah i think that's like one of the things that I do appreciate about uh, some of the Star Wars fandom is how much appreciation there is for like the the actors in the suits. So like the C three PO, R two D two, right? Chewbacca, like, yeah, yeah. Like there are people whose names you probably also know, and I really like that they weren't just pushed aside and be like, oh, but it's just you know the people whose faces you got on screen, mm -hmm. um, and that they were you know, embraced by the fandom, which I think is really cool. Right, and Lampy adds, apparently was the role he was most proud of and what earned him an MBE. <clears throat> I'm not sure I oh, know wow. what an MBE is. I'm assuming um, it's an award. Yeah, it sounds like a British media award. Uh, media, British, possibly. entertainment, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is cool. Like, I... The fact that he, you know, like, it, it wasn't the kind of situation where he regretted his involvement because, like, you know, a, a fan base that is kind of known to be a little fervent at times. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe kind of overpowered him. Like, no, apparently he, you know, was really proud of it. You know, he enjoyed the time doing it. 
um, and it's a legacy that's going to be tied to him going forward. So, uh, like Blue said, condolences to the family. Uh, maybe we'll see you know some kind of tribute to him in some Star Wars thing going forward because that's a pretty pivotal actor in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, but with that, we'll move on to the IO Interactive story. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm like a really big James Bond fan. Like I watched all, well, starting with like uh, the Pierce Brosnan ones. <clears throat> I watched all of his Bond movies. You know, played you know all the classic games. You know, GoldenEye, uh, Agent Under Fire, Everything or Nothing. Big big fan. Went back watched some of the Sean Connery ones, the Timothy Dalton ones. Love the Daniel Craig joints. And there really hasn't been a good Bond game since like the late like mid to late 2000s I want to say I might even be giving it more credit than that it might be bef- like earlier than that that there hasn't been a good <laughs> Bond game because they tried to remake um, Goldeneye on Goldeneye. Uh, like on the, the Wii yeah it was like it was the Wii's yeah. generation yeah and that basically bombed so IO Interactive which has been kind of trucking along in the background making Hitman game after Hitman game which I play here and there like I'm not the biggest Hitman fan I did yeah. have fun with Hitman I want to say Blood Money back in the day and I finished all of Absolution but I didn't find Absolution super fun so I, I kind of haven't touched on it since then but this still kind of excites me because this the idea of Hitman which he does use like a bunch of gadgets he uses a big world to kind of and systems driven gameplay whatnot if you slap a Bond license on top of that, I think they could get a little more kooky than they have been. And I, not to say Hitman isn't kooky because it is actually a very like odd game <laughs> when you get into it. But I, I really like the idea of slapping Bond on this franchise. Like, what do you guys think? Um, I'll go first because I, I don't have a whole bunch of attachment to um, 007. Besides, mm-hmm. it was like the year we graduated, so we were the, the Bond um, year. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, but I do have a connection to Hitman, and um, while it's not vast, like you said, I've played uh, Hitman games here and there. There's a couple on Game Pass that I've found really fun, and they've always been, for me, the most uh, probably intense stealth assassination games that I've played. Now, I haven't tried Metal Gear Solid, and I know that's kind of like one of the end-all. Yeah, probably like the, the bar for like, stealth yeah. action, right? But I would say Hitman, for me, as I've seen and as I've played, is probably that close second. Um, so just like you said, if they put a Bond skin on this um, and get that uh, that storyline and that motivation for you to be this stealthy, be this cool guy um, going through these amazing environments, yeah, I can see this being fun. I can see this, uh, shoot, you know me, I can see this being multiplayer. You know what I mean? A little some co-op uh, options. We can talk okay. about that. Because Everything or okay. Nothing had a multiplayer yeah. mode that was actually really good. I feel like not enough people talk about that EA game. But uh, Jesse, how, what about you? Like, what's what's your take on IO Interactive and Bond? I don't know much. I also have only played a couple of Hitman games. I also played Blood Money, which I really liked and trying to remember why. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but I really did. Um, and I played Absolution, which was fun. But I felt like kind of what you're saying where if you have kind of the kookiness of Bond, I feel like it could have been a lot better. Like that actually that's a good sell for me on being excited about it. Um, Because, yeah, Hitman is kind of kooky. You're dealing with a lot of weird stuff, but you don't have the like. 
you don't have invisible cars and jetpacks like you have in, in right bond, yeah like you so. can you can get really silly in bond like i know they've they tried yeah. to ground it a bit more in recent years but mm-hmm. um they did say that this title won't be tied to any movie so like That's they kind of get free reign to do what they want with just the concept of bond mm-hmm. um I, I think i saw some speculation that it would it could maybe be, and I don't think there's anything, any work that's been done on this yet, but there was some speculation from fans, I think, that this could be like a create-your-own-bond type thing. Like, how would you feel about that? Like, if you made your own character and that character was 007. <laughs> okay, I can see. <laughs> I can see Blue's into that idea. Yeah, I think it could work. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for creative characters. I'm all for making your story um, in someone's vast... Uh, detailed universe so super yes let me make my own bond let me create the look let me create the um the the speech you know what i mean and even though i know my character will be versatile on different things and that's again where you can come into some um multiplayer options maybe you can have different numbers online you know what i mean not 007 maybe you're 006 maybe you're double so it goes from whatever number 001 to 006, then from 008 to double infinity. I'm just saying. You know, like, my head is going crazy. But the fact is... Or, like, the best um, player in the world gets to be 007. Like... (laughs) That'd be cool. That'd be crazy. The leaderboard. But, um, yeah, we'll workshop that idea. But the fact... uh, (laughs) the, um, The thought of making your own bond, I'm here for it. Yes, please, and thank you. Cool. Yeah, I mean, does, I think does that appeal to you, Jesse? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, if, especially if it's not tied to a, a film, which I think is the best idea because that gives mm-hmm. you more room uh, to create what the developers want to create. Um, yeah, I think create your own Bond would be, your, your own double O agent would be awesome, uh, especially if it is uh, multiplayer and then being able to play a style that someone else isn't and working together um, I think would be super cool. I like both of those ideas and I want to yeah. see them both happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I really I really didn't put a lot of thought into like a co-op multiplayer aspect cuz like I I'm a big fan of multiplayer in general so I would think that's fun. But I don't know. I'm I might be leaning more on the purist side in terms of like the bond experience where in most cases it is kind of just a single agent going in and handling like these situations and whatnot. I do think it, it would become more of a, a cookie cutter type experience where like maybe it's just do you know people like a third person cover shooter or something like that if you add two, two mm-hmm. three four players into the mix it could it could dilute like that kind of espionage take is my fear I, I mean I would hope not but so that I could see that if all of them played the same like spies. Imagine you have the agent, you have the um, the guy in the chair, right? Oh, like different classes of... Different classes, mm-hmm. different yeah. people that are in the squad. Because I like you said, the Bond or the spy experience is normally you're over the shoulder of the agent. And he's picking up his contacts all over the world and just getting from one place to the next, right? Those contacts can be your friends. And so, you know, when he does little missions like, okay, I need you to 
dance with me so we look inconspicuous like different things like that so right but i feel like if if there's like three other people in the level with you stuff like that where like maybe you have to have a prolonged conversation with an npc or something and like maybe select the right dialogue to like get them to do something for you i feel like you don't really see that in like a multiplayer co-op experience i mean i would like to like if that's something that they can pull off i'm totally down Mm -hmm. for that just in general, like I haven't seen it yet. Maybe this will be the first, but I mean, forgive me if I'm if I'm not assuming IO Interactive is going to revolutionize the co-op experience. <laughs> I mean, nothing against them, yeah, but it's just you know they 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 have a thing that they do, and yeah, this bomb thing kind of slots well into what they do already. I'm expecting them to maybe make the best use of those particular talents. But I will say on the on the character customization thing, Lampy's uh, making reference to the the piece I wrote about black hair in games. <laughs> Saying that uh, they don't need to make good black hair. All games do, not not just this one. Yeah. Every game that has character not creation options needs to make good black NBA hair. NBA games, <laughs> but uh, I do I do think I I as a fan of the Bond franchise, I'd be I'd be interested in them kind of playing around in that universe in that history. Like I I want to see Pierce Brosnan as Bond. I want to see Daniel Craig as Bond. I want to see Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, like. Give me those options. I don't know. Like, make, make them skins. Make them all part of this story. Like you, they tell a whole story about the lineage of, the of 007 from, and maybe you play as this Bond all the way up to the current Bond or something. Like I'd be down for that. I'd be really excited to kind of relive that and play around in that universe because I I love it so much. Yeah. And then give us, and then maybe after that, give us the option to make Idris Elba <laughs> as <laughs> as the next <laughs> Bond or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe he comes in as DLC. Like I, I think that I'd be I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think was... some good DLC for that would be um, to play through kind of like the old story missions. What from like previous and... games or movies? From previous movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that would be cool. Like, download the finale fight of uh, Goldeneye, and you just go through that whole last mission, and it's those characters it wouldn't be your character it'd be those iconic characters i think that'd yeah. be some pretty cool uh like selling point like that. multiple 007s working together <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the level of fan service might might be too much at that point <laughs> <laughs> step through again but uh just wanted to point out yeah jeff made a comment uh, he's in chat right now he said if it was like gta heist that could work where like each person had a task while others had yeah. something else to do, like that—that mm-hmm. that is a good point. Yeah, like if you divide the actual mission structure, so like yes, you're playing together, but you are actually doing different things in a world that's supposed to, you know, all steamrolling ahead on the critical path. Yeah, that could definitely be a way to make that work, and it's possible because IO Interactive does make big maps with a bunch of you know, kind of clockwork systems. Like people are doing things at certain times in different places. And depending on what you guys discover in terms of intel on how that location works, maybe you could kind of come up with your own plan and be like, all right, you kidnap that guy, you poison that thing, you hack this computer. Like, yeah, that could actually be really fun. That, that That's a good point. And that's, that's yeah, I feel that. Um, I'm kind of like in the middle of the casino heist on GTA Five, And a lot of those things that you're saying right now is what we have to do. You have to collect info. On, you have to scout the whole casino, look at the back door, find the security entrances, blah, blah, blah. You have a certain amount of time. All that kind of stuff. Um, 
is, is already kind of groundwork for some really cool spy stuff. Yes. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Okay, I mean, any, any lingering thoughts on this particular story? Nah. Just I'm check good, chat real quick, see if they have anything to add. Smumbo saying, I should ask Nick if Escapist Twitch can host mine. I mean, that'd be nice, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Nick is up for that kind of stuff. <laughs> but with that, we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, so you guys may have heard, PlayStation 5 came out. It's kind of a big deal. Oh, did it? Oh! <laughs> Uh, apparently Sony says that absolutely everything is sold, meaning they, as Sony Entertainment, do not have any more stock. But, you know, day after day, we keep seeing certain retailers say, oh, we got a bunch of consoles getting ready to pop. And that that lets you know, like, what Sony's talking about is, what is it, the sell to and not the sell through? Like, these are two distinctions that companies use in retail. Sell to means that they've sold everything in their stock to retailers and then whether retailers sell those to actual customers or not is kind of a different figure that's the sell through number yeah don't know if everything has been sold from the retailers but what we do know is nobody can get a ps5 (laughs) (laughs) like i personally have been checking um you know like resellers like facebook marketplace uh what is StockX is the other one if i'm i think that's what it's called right that website I haven't looked on eBay because I don't trust eBay. I haven't since like the early 2000s. But, Makes sense. <laughs> but there are tons of PlayStation 5 consoles in those marketplaces. The only problem is that they're charging $1,200, $1,500, $2,000 for a $500 machine. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, what, what are, you, are you guys seeing something similar? Like, have you been trying to get PS5s at all? No, no. <laughs> I have friends um, who've been trying to get it, and uh, actually, have a friend this morning who can you take me to Walmart? Oh wait, no, never mind. They're out of stock. And it's just this this mad dash for the PS5. And um, I'm personally not trying to get one right now. I do want one, mm-hmm. just not today. Uh, I don't see the rush right now. Um, but it's it's crazy. The shortage is is wild, man, and people are kind of losing their minds trying to figure out who's lying and who's not really about what they got. <laughs> right, that and that's the thing the 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 shortages discussion, right? Because like PZ the one just mentioned, apparently there are hoarders who have like thirty five hundred in their inventory. So when these when these machines went on sale, the majority of people who bought them were people planning to resell them at higher cost. So like. If 3,500 more people, like regular people, actually bought PS5s, would we be hearing that there's a shortage of them? Because I think the consoles are actually out there. They're just not in the hands of people who are playing them. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what is there to be done about? Like, is there nothing that can be done about that? Like, as far as I know, uh, and I think um, there was actually an article on Escapist, the Escape from the Law column, that said that scalping isn't illegal. Like, it's kind of just, you know, like a, a dick move. <laughs> a legal <laughs> term. Right. Like, there's, there's really not much to be done about it. Like, I don't know, maybe fashion your own competing bot to, like, to like get you just one. Because, I don't know. Like, are you familiar at all with, like, the, the concept of, like, bots buying stuff? Like, have either of you used something like that in the past? I have not used them. Uh, oh. I've, from what I've heard, the the good ones are very expensive to buy. So, oh, so you like, have to buy those as well. 
Right. So you have to buy a good bot that's actually going to do it. Uh, <laughs> and then you have to resell your scalped goods at a high enough price to recoup, to recoup your right. cost just buying the thing. And then if that gets like shut down or changed, like then you might have to spend more. I mean, I just, just, I wish people wouldn't, but you know, right. And Jeff, has saying, you know, doesn't change the world. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like a handful of problems, but right. if you have that kind of disposable income, I can see somebody not um, aligned with most of our moral compasses thinking that this is fun. <laughs> and it sucks because, just like you said, it's not illegal. Um, and some people just thrive on dick moves. Yeah, some people are not griefers. Griefers, yeah. yeah Jeff, Jeff was asking uh, what ticket scalping is in terms of legality. I'm not sure, to be honest. Lippy was adding only if it's in the T's and C's that resell. That resell isn't allowed. Not sure what that Oh, means. terms and conditions. Terms and, oh, okay. Yeah, because, yeah, that's actually true. There's some, um, when it, the tickets, they have a lot of fine print about if you can resell them or not. So some um, allow and some don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So wow. Could you could you make uh, terms and conditions for buying a console? Like, is that a thing? No. Because a there ticket is, is just admission think... to an event. Like, why can that have a terms and conditions and not anything else that you sell to a person? But it wouldn't be. I don't know if you could because it wouldn't be the console. It would be the retailer. Right. And how could the... you regulate it once? Once they've already brought it home. Yeah. yeah, that is. Yeah, that is. Good you know point. what I mean? <laughs> and it would be like anyone who has a legitimate product. Uh, like, oh, I bought this. Like, if I bought, uh, like a graphics card, and then I got another one that I liked even more. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm going to sell my other one, but like, oh, private deal. And and it's during scalping time. Uh huh. Oh no! Is now is this a problem for me? Even though I legitimately got a better one. But now am I going to be in trouble for doing it? Yeah, it's it? a little, it's a little too easy to kind of circumvent any kind of rule you would want to set to stop people from being malicious, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's the root of the problem is that people can do this, and so they're gonna, and everybody exactly. else is kind of just at the mercy of it. So I don't know. I I do like at this point, and Jeff made a really good point. Um, at, at least I think it was Jeff when we were talking about this at some point in the past. <clears throat> Uh, probably on a stream or something, but like Sony gets their money either way. So like, what is really their incentive to kind of put any additional effort into making sure it goes to consumers because the sale (laughs) happens. But then on the other hand, I mean, Sony wants people to people, they want players playing their console in their home so that they can buy more software because, you know, more console makers sell consoles at a loss, right? So they need to recoup it in software. If a bunch of your stock was sold off the shelves that looks good on paper saying like we sold everything out immediately. But then when you start releasing all your, you know, high quality first party exclusives, if no one's buying those $1,200 PlayStations, then that's that many people not buying your exclusive game. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Maybe they do have an impetus to do something about this, get the console into players hands so that, you know, that's your actual market base. 
I don't know. Yeah. That's how I feel. I now, know. this is the thing. With all this scalping and this selling out on a regular basis, are they losing money on the console? Well, I, they, I'm assuming they're selling at a loss because I'm 100% sure that Sony only hit that $500 mark because Xbox did. Like, they waited until they couldn't <laughs> wait any... Like, they they would have waited until today if Xbox didn't say anything about price. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> so once Xbox said 500, they're like, all right, fine. We'll do 500 because we can't do any lower. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah, so I'm positive they're selling at a loss right now based on what's in it. <laughs> I would be shocked if they weren't, but I'm also not a console manufacturer, so what do I know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, usually it's sold at a loss. You're right. So, and yeah, I feel like that they're, I would hope that they would want to do more and are actively trying to do more because, like you were saying, if it is, if there are, you know, 10,000 PlayStations sitting on someone's garage waiting to get sold for too much on eBay, mm -hmm. that's 10,000 people who want one that aren't going to buy one, and whoever does get them will have less capital to buy games and the people who have $500 to spend on a console and another hundred to spend on games. Yeah. So he's getting, getting zero energy. of that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So, uh, the fast acts is saying if people want to stop paying ridiculous prices from scalpers, the solution is just don't buy it from them and watch the price drops. Like that's what I've been doing essentially is continually watching all those, uh, reseller markets and they're being pretty stubborn to, as of right now, like it's, well, I want to say like a week or two out from the launch and they're yeah. still at around $1,200. Like the cheapest I've seen is maybe somewhere in the 900 range, but that's still too high. I'm not, I'm not paying that. No. Yeah. And I think well, those were like, a... those were listed at 900. Like they didn't drop it down. Cause they'll, they'll show you when a price has been cut from what it was posted previously to what it is now. So I feel like people are just, people want to recoup money. It's still in the media as being a hot commodity. You won't see a drop like that until probably when actual PlayStations are back in stock for regular people. Okay, so I got a question for y'all, and I guess people in the chat too. Mm -hmm. This might be just an ethics question, but <laughs> how low do you need to see it online to say, I'm going to buy it? See, So you said 900 is not the move. Not... So how low are you going to see it online till you buy it? See, that that's definitely going to be... Um, different for every person because I did actually end up having to buy my graphics card from a reseller. Mm -hmm. I saw that at like those cards were about the same as the consoles, like five hundred, I believe, for the thirty seventy. I think you had the same one, Jesse. So five hundred was what I was looking to spend. I could not get it in store uh, when it released. Saw it in the marketplace for seven ten. So with tax. I feel like I paid like maybe 180, 170 more rather than a full 200 or a full three, 400 more. And because I use it for work, like I use it for editing and everything else, I feel like it's going to kind of, I, I really was desperate to get it essentially. So it's going to pay for itself over time anyway. So that okay. justified it in my mind to pay that much more. But honestly, if I'd seen it at like maybe... Again, like that 900 number, that's a little too close to 1,000, and I probably would not have taken the plunge. So, okay. like, it's, it's, it's like mental gymnastics that people are probably doing based on how much they want the thing and then how much they can, you know, invest in it once they spend that money. Nightshadow says 650, no more. 
Okay. PS5, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I originally was talking about the PS5. And Lamp- um, Lampy says, I refuse to buy from scalpers. Can also lose warranties and buy protection if it's bought secondhand or from sellers. Yeah. That's true. Because you won't have that true. original receipt. Yeah. That's what I, that would have been my answer, too, is I wouldn't buy secondhand unless it was cheaper than what I can get for it at the store. Because um, right. you do have some level of protection. That's true. I mean, for- I, I put in my head that since it, it wasn't unopened box there's there should be at least some sort of manufacturer manufacturing right (laughs) that's my hope (laughs) oh until you until you open it and then you find out that it's been gutted and it's a bunch of magazines to give it weight (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's what was happening with the original xbox oh Oh, that's bad man that's real bad were you guys hearing the stories of uh trucks going missing like people like people were getting their Amazon orders of the PS5, and it was like cat food or air fryers and so. Did you guys see these stories? No, oh, hell no. Yeah, like yeah, that's why they'd be like knocking and running so fast. <laughs> they throw people up to see. Right, it's yeah. bad. It can get real bad out there. Uh, I'm sorry, what were you about to say? I don't remember. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jeff adds, "For me, no more than retail. That's just me. I mean, I feel that." Like yeah. there, there's some things where I draw the line, for sure. In this instance, this I kind of really need that graphics card. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anything else on the scarcity of PS fives? Um, it's no, sad. I mean, <laughs> it's sad. I hope the people who who deserve it get it. Um, I hope scalpers chill, because that's <laughs> not cool. And uh, I hope everyone at the end of the day, enjoys their gaming experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, at least on the... And we'll we'll transition into the Xbox story because there was this big interview with Phil Spencer. That's our next topic. But I wanted to say, like, at least on the Xbox side, like, if you were diehard Sony, only play Sony games, and you wanted to play, like, their, their two new exclusives, uh, Demon Souls and... What is the other one? Um... Because there's only two, I believe, right. that isn't available anywhere else. I'm blanking on the it. One right that comes probably preloaded. Say again? The one that comes preloaded. Not Astro. No, no, no. Boy. No, no, no. Not, not Astro. Is that? No, that can't be what I'm thinking of. There's something the ones... else. But the, the point being... Oh, Spider-Man. Miles Morales? No, because I actually bought no, that on PS4. PS4. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but basically, the point I was trying to get to was everything that's coming out on the Xbox side, you should still be able to play on your old consoles or on PC if it's exclusive to that platform. You know, like some of the other uh like next gen titles yeah. maybe aren't gonna be there, right? Or won't function as well. But yeah, they've kind of promised that they won't leave behind next generation. That seems to have come in handy being with how hard it is to kinda get a hand on some of these consoles. So I feel like that's that's kind of a silver lining that no one expected when they made that announcement. Because uh, I'm, I'm definitely not hurting in, in that regard. Also, they don't have any... like They literally have like no first-party exclusives at their launch. So that's, that's another thing. So you might as well wait for them because you're not going to have an Xbox anyway. Why rush? But speaking of Xbox, uh, in this interview that Phil Spencer did with The Verge, he finally kind of dove into some of the dealings that happened to get games on game pass because and apparently which i think i have speculated for a time now 
there's no like one size fits all model. It's kind of all over the place depending on what the developers need. Custom deals. Right. So like I personally think that's actually really cool. Like it sounded like maybe he was looking to get it more under control and have it be more of a hybrid thing of paying devs up front and then also giving them dividends based on how how much the game gets played. But in some cases they just give a bunch of money up front. Or they ask them, do you want to, you know, have dividends off the back end? And some devs will be like, no, we'll just take the money up front because we don't know how well, you yeah. know, how much it'll get mm-hmm. played on there. And, like, maybe they come to regret that because it turns out to be some kind of smash hit because it was just free and available on, on Game Pass. So, I don't know, what, what's, your, what's your take on that being their model? Because people have notoriously wondered how viable is it for other companies to do what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass. Yeah, um... I think so when I was reading this article it felt like to me that he cared about third party developers um he kind of put them at the he he gave the power to them to make mm-hmm. this deal work to make these deals work to get to work consumers for, for their needs for their needs and to get consumers this large life you know what I mean um, it did say that he was trying, just like you said earlier, he was trying to lock some stuff down, but he realized that not every studio needs the same kind of things. So I feel like, I feel like this is a good idea. I, I'm, I'm waiting to try. I'm, I'm still trying to read in between the lines. Like, oh, where is he here? Or, you know, <laughs> what's happening? But it, it doesn't seem like a bad mentality. So um, at the end of the day, I think that this is going to be good for gaming. And um, I'm always saying, you know, cross-platform is the way to go but uh the availability of a games, um especially multiplayer games from all kinds of different studios is a blessing um that we've experienced and uh yeah i hope they keep that up nice how about you jesse what's your take yeah i feel like i i mean it's hard to think about it in the scope in which microsoft can do something like this like They've got Microsoft money, so they have access connections and just burnable income to try things that their competitors and other people who want to do something like this wouldn't have. Um, But I do think the idea of like the putting third parties, like you were just saying, like putting them first. Yeah, it's really important. I think said in the interview, too, like that's what sells a console like console exclusives are nice but it's the third-party software that keeps people there mm-hmm. um and yeah and then what you were saying with each studio needs something different i think that sort of adaptability is very important um i know working as a freelancer and you know getting hired by other people and then hiring other people for my stuff uh yeah it's you <laughs> what does this person need how available yeah. are they do they like you? Those are all things <laughs> right, yeah, that's, that greatly change. That's actually like, really important. That's a really important point to make is like, do these third-party developers like working with Microsoft? Do they like the deal they got? Do they feel like it was fair that their game right. yeah. didn't go out like conventional games, but they still kind of, do they feel like they were paid for their hard work? Because like, there's always going to be the, in the back of your mind, like if I didn't sell for this flat rate to put it on here, like day day and date with you know the actual release could we have you know turned a much bigger profit or something you know and like if 
if they feel kind of stung or burned, like maybe it got buried when it showed up on Game Pass, like maybe they won't, like once the contract is done, they won't want to work with them in the future. And that could be a problem for sustaining a library of that nature. So like Phil kind of kowtowing, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, just being, just kind of being um, sensitive, I guess, to the needs of them versus what they need. Because at the end of the day, all they really need are games on Game Pass. That's what's going to get people yep. to keep paying Microsoft yep. the subscription yep. fee, which can, will allow them to pay off the people who are giving them games, right? So all they got to do is just, it doesn't matter what it costs for you, like let's agree on a number, let's not get ridiculous, but let's agree on a number. Yeah. yeah. Got it. That game is on Game Pass. X many people Boom. either are going to stick with Game Pass or will now sign up for it. Like I think there was a st- yep. statistic exactly. that came out recently, 70% of Xbox owners now have Game Pass. Holy crap. Like, that's an insane attachment rate of a console and a paid service. Like, Microsoft is making money, and they have not raised the subscription price yet. (laughs) Right? Like, they're they're being really smart about just selling you on the value of what that service is. I thoroughly believe that that extra 30% is just people who look at it as a network. Like they do not play games. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, better they're like, I get home, I play Call of Duty or Halo multiplayer, and that's it. And you, they don't have <laughs> enough of other games that they want to play to for that to matter. Right. So yeah. So it'll probably never be one hundred percent of oh, the market. Yeah, yeah. But like seventy percent is probably much closer than you would think in terms of like just oversaturation of people using a service. Like I, I, I'd be really interested to hear what Sony's attachment rate is to their PlayStation plus, especially now that they've added the PlayStation collection to it, which is just PS four games, I think. Um, and here and there, apparently they, it doesn't like Sony has designs on trying to copy this model in some way. Cause, uh, bug snacks, was free for PlayStation Plus subscribers. I think that might have been like what their monthly thing. Yeah, like not the, not it wasn't part of the PlayStation collection. It was just like their PlayStation Plus. Yeah, like their yeah. free games of the month type thing. Yeah, which they they still do from time to time. Uh, Xbox, I think, also still does it, but it's kind of less. It's kind of a moot point when you have Game Pass next to it with like hundreds of titles, right? <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'll continue to do that. They seem to not want to let it go. Uh, and like we said, PlayStation Plus subscribers are on PS5 only. For what? bug snacks, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Oh. So it wasn't it wasn't free for PS4 use. Oh, that sucks. Jeez, they really trying to phase out the PS4. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah. See, like that, the, the, those kind of digs, right? Like those kind of digs at your market. <laughs> that sucks. That's that's really upsetting Yo, to hear. That's terrible. That's a lot of pressure on a sony pony if you're exclusively sony that's a lot of pressure yeah like they're gonna feel left behind by that kind of stuff yeah everything's kind of uh fizzling out oh my gosh i'm praying for (laughs) (laughs) y'all but on the note of sony ponies our final topic is Mm -hmm. more comments that phil spencer went into at near the end of that um interview where he basically said that console tribalism is one of the worst things about the games industry uh, what most people probably refer to as the console wars mm-hmm. <laughs> is mm-hmm. kind of that diehard allegiance to one console over the other that leads to, you know, disparaging remarks, just hateful comments, all sorts of toxicity on the internet for anyone who 
is a fan of the opposite console, right? <laughs> so I, I kind of want to open up discussion because it's something we come back to over and over again. I've said before, I'm personally a fan of console wars, but maybe not in the context that people think of it. Because I, I really like that he used the word console tribalism because that makes much more sense than like, I feel like that's what it should be called going forward. Console tribalism. Because the console mm. wars, to me, is not necessarily between us as people who play games, but that's between the companies themselves. That's the moves that Sony makes to counter what Microsoft does and the moves that Microsoft does to try to get ahead on Sony. Like, I love yeah, hearing and reading about that. Like, that's <laughs> that's a console war to me. Them actively going at each other and trying to get, you know, the best market share and appeal to the most customers. Like, I love that stuff. But yeah, like I, I, I feel it. I see in the comments all the time. Anytime there's something positive to say about Xbox or positive to say about Sony, the other side Haters. comes in and has disparaging remarks. Or and the, and you guys know me. The thing that really ruffles my feathers the most is when they just spit incorrect information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fake news. Yeah, like they come in there like just <laughs> saying like, oh the. Oh, the Xbox is trash. It can't do this, that, and the third. Like, yes, it can. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Have you seen one? <laughs> right. So, I mean, what what is your what are your feelings on that sentiment that it it's one of the worst things in gaming? Um, yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, I've said this before, and it's one of my favorite terms to throw around: polygamerism. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> It, it shouldn't be a complicated term, but um, being a gamer means you like games. You don't have to choose games in one. It's not even one lane because one lane would be like a genre. Right? Like I only play RPGs. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. Do you, boo. But choosing just like one company or what, like you're you're throttling yourself. Yeah, like it's limiting. Mm-hmm. Like that like it's I would hate that. Limited. Like what if I could only like, play why? Nintendo games? <laughs> like yes they yeah. have some fantastic titles, but I, like look at what I'm I'd be missing out on. If I could only play Nintendo games, I probably wouldn't be a gamer. I not saying that I wouldn't play the games, but I wouldn't be nearly as hardcore gamer as I am today. Right. And like I I've said this before, but like I used to be a tribalist like i used to be a die hard nintendo fan like you couldn't tell me yeah. nothing about no segas no playstations like get out of my <laughs> face nintendo's mm-hmm. better than all of them i don't care and the thing is i never i didn't have playstations or segas uh, back then but i did have cousins and friends who did yeah and i would play their stuff when i went to their house and i would have fun i would enjoy some of the titles like not all because i still hate sonic yeah, for i think sure. sonic is bad game <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah I would, I would like i played metal gear solid on ps1 back in the day and like was really taken aback by it like i thought that was a great experience but i still was like well the graphics look like garbage compared to the n64 so this would be better if it was on a nintendo platform is like how i had it in my head and it wasn't until gamecube era and they really struggled to release anything like third parties didn't yeah. really want to mess with them that i yeah. realized how limiting it was to only have that console like I, I think you're shit, right. And then my mind was open to the possibilities, you know. <laughs> the GameCube let you know, like, hold on, I need to grow up. Yes, <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, what about yeah. you? Just what's your what's your take on like the the tribalism, the console wars? 
Yeah, I hate that. I, I mean, man, I play games to have fun. Like, <laughs> on my PC, on a Wii, on my phone. Right. Whatever. If it's enjoyable, it's enjoyable. Like, cool. Yes. Uh, it, 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 it kind of blows my mind that that's the sort of attitude that some people have. That, like, you you have to be brand loyal to something that does not care about you. Yeah, like, not not like, the way you care about it, at least. Right. You know? <laughs> this is a very <laughs> toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah, it is. Your, your Xbox One is not going to, you know, fight for you the way you fight for it. Okay. Like, you're, you're having an argument with your parents. Your Xbox is not going to say, hey, look, it doesn't need to go back to grad school. <laughs> Oh, all he needs right here. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but no, I I do, I do want to say, like, again, I want to reiterate, like, I think there is a place for healthy discussion about what consoles offer. Like, if, like, for example, Xbox kind of putting its heart and soul into the Game Pass service and making it such a compelling, hard to say no to deal. I feel like Sony people should pay attention to that. People who only who you know who love Sony console like that's their preferred console should be bugging Sony saying like look, they're having a ton of fun over there with this service. You got to make something happen for us. And I, honestly like it probably didn't come from the fans. Honestly, like Sony fans were making excuse after excuse as far as I know. And I know it's probably like a vocal minority on the internet. Like maybe the ones who are more quiet do feel some type of way about not having a big library. But the ones who are on the internet talking all the time were like, doesn't matter how many games they have, they don't have the big exclusives. And it's like, if Sony's seeing that, then that's why you end up with the PlayStation collection, which is like a half measure towards competing with Microsoft. Because I'm sure they feel the pressure from Microsoft Game Pass in terms of how happy the other side is with it. So Sony's like, well, if we can pull some of that goodwill our way, Maybe we can make more money. But, like, their most diehard fans will tell them that they're doing nothing wrong. And that's how you end up with a console that's twice as big and, like, shaped like a freaking clamshell. <laughs> like, Sony is in the mindset that they can do whatever they want right now. And, like, people are letting them get away with it. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Um, I personally like the obelisk. Um, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> But I understand it's not everybody's style, you know? <laughs> I think that console is um, butt ugly, but... Yeah, I feel you. Oh. I can see how you can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, but it the PlayStation 5 needs to come with a, a Kaiba head and arms. <laughs> yes, have you, seen, have you seen the people <laughs> yeah, with, like, the... That's, that's exactly what it looks like, and, like, they need to just embrace that. Yes, I like my, like Microsoft, and I know what this sounds like. This sounds like I'm basically being a tribalism person for the Xbox, but I honestly feel like I'm such a fan of what Microsoft has done because it's so pro-consumer. Like, that's why I'm in their camp right now. Like, I love everything that they've made available to people who like to play games. Like, they've made it easier than ever to play a ton of games on a console. The experience is just better for me mm-hmm. and what I want to do. On Sony's side, they kind of actively fight against what is best for the consumers in a lot of ways. Like, they, they're still, you know, kind of stubborn when it comes to, like, the cross-play stuff. Like, they're, you know, they're they're telling everybody that they plan to charge $70 for all their new uh, 
first party titles and whatnot. Like Sony is like, we want to use our prestige and charge you more money. Like that's the vibe I get from them. And because I love video games so much, I'm probably still going to play the stuff that they release if it's good. But like, I don't feel good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that that's why I'm leaning one way towards the other. Like if Sony tomorrow opens the door, they're like, you know what? We're sick of all this value that Microsoft is giving you. Here, take everything that comes out on a Sony console is now included in the subscription. Cold said. My mind yeah. is blown. Sony all day. Let's get it. Easy. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how viable that is, but like, as long as they're showing that they, you know, that, and I, I want them to make they money. The they're choice. a company. They need to, right? But as long yeah. as they're showing they're taking into consideration their actual consumer base, I'm all for it. That's that's just my take. Uh, Lampy's saying Microsoft isn't pro consumer; it's pro Microsoft making money. All companies are; they're just using different strategies. This is a better strategy then. Like, like you're absolutely right. Yeah, but like we if, don't doubt that they're making money. Like exactly, <laughs> we don't yeah. think that they're like some Gandhi very. Uh, yeah, like I'm I'm, you know, I'm not so jaded as to, <laughs> as to think that they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. But I will uh-huh. say it is much much smarter. To catch flies with honey than with vinegar. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and I feel good about giving it to their yes, team. Yes, I do. Rather than giving it into. <laughs> like, I feel like the money that I spend goes a, a lot farther <laughs> when I spend it with Microsoft, and that's something Microsoft yeah. wants. Like, they like, yes, give us the money. We're glad you feel good about giving us the money, but I mean, at least I get something out of it. At least I don't feel cheated in some way. I feel like. You know, with Game Pass, I can change like I can change my game with my move on a whim. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like racing, hot shot racing, boom. Oh, you know, I feel like shooting some folks. Destiny Two. Uh, I want to do something different. You know, like any any genre I kind of want to link into, I can find it there. You like so? I have it up and just scroll. Through. It's like TV channels. Yeah, it it's is. like TV channels now. It is. <laughs> like I feel like Sony. Sony's taking. To heart, and it, it has done them well in terms of like you know prestige and market share and you know just impact. Like Sony is seen as the market leader for good reason. They make mm-hmm. some of the best titles and have made really some of the do. best titles of the generation in recent years, right? But they're taking that idea of being like this boutique, upscale, you know, console, and that's going to leave some people behind. Like that's, and, and maybe there's a place for it. Like and maybe. There is, yeah, like the the more snotty, the more discerning gamer plays the PS5, right? Like maybe that's the the brand and the image that they want to mm. to Fancy. develop, <laughs> right? And maybe that's going to work for a lot of people. Like clearly, they're still you know the market leader, so maybe it does work for them to yep. do it that way. For me personally, it's it's a bit of a put off. Like I'm still gonna interact with their stuff because like, you know, I'm a gamer. Like it's what I do, but it's it's off putting to me. So that's that's why that balance seems kind of weighted heavily on the Xbox side. So, and I, I won't deny that. Like, I like what Microsoft is doing more than Sony right now. And I, I honestly, and I have from the beginning, like even, what was it? Even in PS2 days, like I wasn't a fan of <laughs> kind of just some of what Sony did. Like with like the the PSP, the V, like all, all that stuff. Like Sony has a habit oh, of doing, what? like with the proprietary the memory dope. stuff. You remember? Oh yeah, yeah, no. Like they have, yeah, a, they no, have the a habit of doing this, like this kind of nickel and diming of consumers, and like it's always left a bad taste in my mouth. So, 
Night Shadow said it best. Um, Sony acts like the Apple of gaming community, and that's kind of exactly what you. Yeah, were everybody about. wants to do that. Yeah, everyone wants to follow that. Mom, Nintendo does it a bit too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Nintendo, says, oh, okay, they own unfollows. <laughs> 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 but remember the point of this discussion. I know I went on a tangent and a tirade, <laughs> but the point of the discussion was console tribalism is bad. Please fund us. Play everything if you can. (laughs) Have fun. Gaming is supposed to bring us together. Right. Not pull us apart. All those things. Uh, Let me say, or have the connect always listen so it could collect your personal data. Uh, Yeah, that's sketchy. I don't know. I don't know if that's what we're doing, though. What are they getting from me? They get a lot of embarrassing stuff. <laughs> like I will, I will say on it's like if because honestly I don't I don't remember hearing a bunch of stories about the Connect taking personal data. Like I I know it always listened because that was part of its design. I still got it in my right but now. once again, <laughs> isn't that just Microsoft being ahead of the curve? Because Alexa, you know, Google on your phone, all that stuff always listens, and all of that does collect your personal data. Because I, I can't tell you how many times i talked about a thing and then saw an ad pop up like oh, minutes facebook. later on facebook right <laughs> so like microsoft was just ahead of the curve i'm not saying it's a good thing but like it's it, it's the world we live in it's data driven and and sony does it too like they're selling an eye camera with their uh ps5 bundles right so i'm positive that does the same thing i don't know if it's voice activated or not i, I don't know what that eye camera is for to be honest didn't they try and do that last time too with the ps4 yeah, it also it had, had a camera peripheral, yeah. But I don't remember. Like you had to I digress. Like, we're probably over time right now. <laughs> but we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up unless you guys have any lasting words to say about the tribalism discussion. No. Don't. Nope. Yeah. Just, just, just don't. don't. <laughs> just don't. Just don't do it. Yeah. Words to live by. Polygamery. Yeah. So all the way. Thank you. <laughs> everyone in the chat for listening to the show. Uh, I think there might be a record number of folks in the chat right now. So we really appreciate that. Make sure you're following the channel. We will be back next week for another episode of the Sigma show. Thank you so much. Blue bones for showing up to this discussion. Thank you. Rexicon Jesse. Of course. Um, Stay tuned to these channels this afternoon. We will be back for super smash Sunday. Um, Not so sure about escapist game night. Uh, in the evening, though. I, I don't know what we're going to be doing then. I have not heard anything. <laughs> we asked questions <laughs> previously, and just I, I don't know what we're going to do. But keep an eye out for that stuff. Thanks, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Bye. Night. Or morning. Whatever time it is for you. <laughs> Afternoon. <laughs>